0: Hey everybody welcome to licked and loaded i'm laura desiree and i'm so delighted to have this opportunity to chat with today's guest namely because i have only encountered him in some of the craziest new york party settings that i think anyone could even possibly imagine and it's always been loud it's always been hectic it's always been insane but i have always been aware of just how celebrated, how loved, uh, and, and how elevated this individual is in some of the conversations of sex positivity and sexual identity today. So joining me is author and columnist and undeniable New York it boy, the incredible Zachary Zane. Joining me today here on Licked and Loaded, my goodness, what a thrill to have the legendary Zachary Zane here in the Zoom room. How are you? Uh, I'm doing better now. How about you? (laughs) I'm doing wonderful. It's it's actually the day after Valentine's Day, and uh, I think that there's definitely like a a little love hangover in the air. Uh, I know that you were thoroughly enjoying your Valentine's Day, so I'm curious, how are you doing today?
1: uh good so my boyfriend unfortunately just left right before valentine's day we had an early valentine's day uh (laughs) dinner but yesterday i was actually watching uh jane wilde Haley reed and sophia grace do a uh shoot a schoolgirl Uh, shoot that i uh am writing up for men's health about like dispelling the stereotypes of porn and being like what's it's like actually being on a set and uh i saw um I saw Jane uh, literally uh, take some gummy bears uh, in her butthole and then pop them out, which was very impressive. Very good control. So, so I was pretty enamored.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, I mean, that's living the dream right there. So many people Truly. in this world are like, how on earth could I ever be on set to witness that? And I'm sure that you're going to, you know, give us all of the magic and all of the uh, experiences that you had witnessing that. So I won't ask you to give everything away, but is there a major takeaway from being on set and watching porn get made?
1: I honestly think I, I just love the element. It was three women. So I wonder how it'd be different if there was a guy there or what the vibe would have been. But there is this just like level of playfulness and level and levity and like camp. Uh, there was like so much camp and ridiculousness <laughs> involved in it that I thought was very fun. And, the, and then the switch to like, you know, serious like pounding and whatever it is. Um, but I mean, it's remembering that, you know, it's fantasy, it's fake. Like the amount you're in the chair for two and a half hours before they get on set, they've cleaned their asshole for three hours. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it takes a lot, a lot of work. Uh, yeah for that 30 minute video that you're saying. And that's, you know, all day.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, we started today by calling you the legend. And um, I would say there's definitely an air of investigative journalism. But uh, above all of that, you are the, the author and the columnist for Men's Health and you write their sex column. This is an incredible piece of literature that exists today. So in your own words, can you let all of our viewers and listeners know what your title is and and what you do in this this sex positivity world we're in?
1: sure so for men's health specifically i write sex explain it which is their sex and relationship advice column and it's been like my my baby my child and one thing i love about it excuse me as i'm burping up i had mac and cheese for breakfast for some reason it's it was gross. like leftover <laughs> left, leftover from like super bowl and i'm like i gotta eat it um But, uh, what I love is, you know, I try to, a, it's very queer. It's not just uh, like, um, it kind of removes elements of toxic masculinity, but I kind of give more advice than like, oh, communicate with your partner because that's Mm -hmm. obvious. Like we all know that, but it's like things beyond communicate with your partner, giving you like practical advice for exactly what to do, which I really like. And that's so different than from like therapists who essentially mm-hmm. are told like, do not tell your client what to do. Like you wanna help them, guide them through their journey versus I'm allowed to be like, I think you should do this. What you're doing right. is stupid. So like the, the bluntness I'm allowed to have, I really appreciate, but I just love that men's health rights lets me write like so many of it. It's from queer men, queer women, ethical non-monogamy, addressing kink, mm-hmm. You know, stuff that you didn't see Men's Help doing as recently as five years ago. And definitely totally. were not like 15, 20 years ago.
0: Yeah. And, and a lot of it, I've noticed you share your lived experiences. There's, there's commentary from your own life that comes into play, which kind of gives it this foundation that's just so yummy and so exciting, you know, to to, to read that.
1: Thank you. And I really like that. I think that's just by nature of me being a millennial and an oversharer that I want to yeah. be like, Hey, I, I, I'm going through this with you. I'm not coming from this from a place of like, Hey, uh, I, I don't know what it's like. I've never been through It's like, no, I've been through this and I've gotten to the other side of this. And I think you can too. So I think yeah. showing a little bit of how I overcame these things is a helpful, a helpful thing to include so that we're all Absolutely. in this together. Um, as well, opposed to like, Sitting on my high perch and being like, this is what you should do. I'm not involved. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And that, that's, that's what I think is so masterful about your approach is that when it comes to sex in particular, vulnerability can be just so icky. It can be so uncomfortable to even go there to consider it. And so, you know, when the author, when the one that's giving the advice is, is sharing that, it kind of levels the playing field. And you're not suddenly on this like cloud looking down saying, Oh, you peasants, you, you, you idiots of the world. And so I think that that's really important. And it's, I would say it's probably part of the key to your success.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely a different approach than we've seen kind of older sex columnists or people do, where they really try to remove themselves from it. And I think, Mm. yeah, thank you for saying this. I I 100% agree. I think that's definitely a huge strength of mine.
0: Absolutely. And don't ever stop, please. Like, it's just, it's it's so exciting to hear that because your adventures seem to evolve with the seasons. I swear to God. It's like (laughs) he's always doing something.
1: Um, Never a dull moment. That is for sure.
0: No, no. So, so take us to the beginning of this journey. Uh, How on earth did you find your way into uh, not just writing about sex, but even being comfortable talking and exploring it for yourself?
1: Um, yeah, I think I was very lucky. I grew up in like a Jewish liberal family. Uh, So like fairly sex positive, fairly gay positive, queer positive, all of that stuff. I was also the third son of three boys. Wow. Uh, So by the time you get to me, like my girlfriend was allowed to sleep over when I was 16, which is, and my brothers would come home from college with their girlfriends who like sleep in the same bed during college. And be like, oh, you have to do different rooms. And they'd be like, what about Zach? Like, oh no, Zach's different.
0: Like, So like,
1: they were just much chiller about sex by the time they got to me. Uh, and I really think if I was the first son, I, I don't know if I would be who I am today. I, I really think the birth order in this mattered. Um, But a lot of it was me uh, coming to terms and realizing I was bisexual. Hmm. Um, And so I really, I can go more into the detail into this, but I really struggled with it just because at the time I was trying to figure out if I was bi, there was no bisexual visibility and specifically no male bisexual visibility. I remember Googling in college thinking I may be bi and what came up were like studies about uh, bi men spreading HIV or having mm. HIV, and that was it. And I was like, well, fuck, uh, that's not good. <laughs> and then every man I knew who identified as bi came out as gay shortly after, mm-hmm. which is you know, a common trope that happens. So I just did not think I could be the only bi person in the world. So I would be like, oh, I think I'm gay. And then i date a woman. I'm like, well, I'm not gay. And I'm like, well, I'm jacking off to gay porn and getting drunk and getting blown by guys. That seems pretty fucking gay. So I kept on going kind of back and forth here until I saw a therapist post-college. And at this point, I've been hooking up with guys for five years, like blacked out mm-hmm. the entire time. That's how I had to get to that point of feeling comfortable. And on my first session, I did this whole monologue about how I'm confused about my sexuality. And on my second session, I started kind of doing the same thing. And he's like, hey, I'm going to interrupt you. Hope you don't mind my bluntness. Um, you, you seem, oh, when we say the word confused in terms of sexuality, that actually means something. There, there's like a certain terminology in therapy of what that means. You do not seem confused. You seem bisexual mm. like is there something that I'm missing yeah. and I replied saying oh that shit doesn't exist in men and then he said Zach you're too smart to think that um but just having a therapist like be like hey th- this is an option like yes this is a valid option and it really perfectly describes you um was really helpful and from there it took some time at first I thought I was um like bi-sexual and heteroromantic, meaning like I could only, I'd sleep with guys and girls and non-binary people and everyone, but I could only date a woman Uh, and love a woman. And then I realized, you know, after a few months, like, no, I could equally love a man as well. Um, But I think being bisexual really forced me to think outside the box, to think outside of the way these heteronormative standards, what society Mm -hmm. deems as, standard or good or even things about uh, help me to embrace being ethically non-monogamous and help me embrace being sex positive it's like okay i'm already kind of an outcast in a way from this community I, I or like from straight people and from gay people too um so you kind of start questioning everything and trying to find a space that works for you that's different uh from what is traditionally out there so i think that's partly what allowed me to like as i'm challenging everything to become more sex positive, to become ethically non-monogamous, to embrace being mm. bisexual and attracted to all genders, and all of those things.
0: So, would you say it came out of survival? Like this was you had to you had to 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 face this, to understand this, to confront it, to explore it in all of its depths and and complexities.
1: Yeah, in a way, it was. I've never thought about it through yeah. that lens, but like, yeah. I, I was not happy. You know, when I was closeted, yeah. I, I, I was not happy. I was. Uh, getting blacked, like, drinking two Four Locos. This was the heyday of Four Locos before they Disgusting. got Disgusting. Like, Ugh. oh, oh, it took years off my life. Like, literally, <laughs> I'm not making it past 60. Like, no, no way in hell. But <laughs> I, I would drink two Four Locos, two full Four Locos, and just be, like, black the fuck out, and wake up in random guys' beds, and, like, you know, having unprotected sex with men, and that was before prep, you know? Like, yeah. and, and I'm lucky I don't have HIV, uh, but yeah. that's because I had such shame and confusion, and Uh, but but all those shitty emotions that like the only way I could do it was being hammered. And when you're hammered and you think you're straight and you're closeted, you're not thinking about condoms. Um, But it's, so when I was able to kind of embrace, like I was just so anxious about everything. Right. But so when I was able to embrace it, like it it really was an element of survival because what I was living and doing was unsustainable.
0: Right. Right. Now even telling your story, you can hear that. You can hear yeah. that it, it it reached a point. You had to come to terms with it, and I mean, it's why you are who you are today, and you're sharing this journey with people. Can I ask what you were in college for?
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, in college to go to college. I studied psychology, which kind of I think uh-huh. makes sense given. Yes. What, like, given what was going on through my brain, and and I and I went to Vassar, which is one of the biggest hmm. fucking schools. Yes. Ever. You know what I mean? Like it's all <laughs> fucking bull dykes and little faggots just like running around here. And even there, even there in a place that was, you know, allegedly so supportive of the queer community, I still felt uncomfortable, um, like coming out and embracing who I was, even though everyone was discussing queer theory and queer identity Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. I I almost weirdly need to be outside of it in the real world to be able to kind of explore.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then, so you go on this, are you going to get that phone call?
1: Oh my God. Can you hear it? (laughs) sorry yeah, uh okay. oh my god it's, no no i
0: yeah. love it it's real life look you're a very yeah. in demand individual i think it's appropriate <laughs> that we have phones going off in the background yeah. um, You like I-, I have a landline I am in no way finished with you yet, though. However, so they're <laughs> gonna have to wait. Uh, so go. tell us, tell us then, how do you go into the writing? How, I mean, Men's Health is a massive publication, in particular. Was that the first writing gig? How did you get that opportunity and and ace it like you you're doing? I mean, writing with this this ferocity. You're just like it's it's nonstop. Like I don't I, think you ever have writer's block. <laughs> it's, it, I, I, I don't want to sound like a dick, uh,
1: but I'm gonna like real writers don't have writer's block because mm. it is our job. It is our job. I have to make money. If I have writer's block, I don't pay rent. Like you have right. deadlines, you have to do it. So like, yeah. it's often like the new creatives and the new writers like, oh, I'm really struggling. with. It's like, no, you, you fucking do it. This is your job, yeah. uh, but um, no. So it started. So I actually thought I was gonna getting a PhD in clinical psychology. Hmm. Uh, I was working at Harvard Medical Center as a smoking cessation researcher and counselor. So figuring out the best way way to get people to quit smoking cigarettes.
0: Alan Carr, the Alan Carr method, okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And um, I was there and essentially I had too much time on my hands, Uh, like they didn't utilize me well and I didn't wanna be like conspicuously like fucking off on Facebook. So I actually wrote a novel, which is hilarious. Uh, Hmm. And I'm terrified to look at it because I was 22 when I wrote it. trash and garbage but I learned that in order to get an agent in order to get a publisher you have to have written for other publications and so I decided to write a piece for Exo Jane I don't know if you remember that site but they had a vertical mm. call that happened to me and it was the most yeah. outrageous ridiculous shit it would be like they pay you 50 dollars for you to like share your soul and it would be like Ryan. I hated my husband so I was happy when he died and then I fucked on his grave and like that would be the yeah. title or like like what the fuck so the piece I wrote was about I came out as bi and now can't date anyone gay or straight and I spoke about having my first girlfriend who was bi and how much easier it was feeling loved and accepted and how I had been you know straight women didn't want to date me because they was afraid I was using I would leave them for a guy they had insecurities right. gay men were extremely pedantic and condescending being like oh my god honey I was bi too you'll get there and I'd be like go fuck yourself like uh no and so dating a bi person was just so affirming. I wrote this piece. It went very viral. And then at the time, there was just, this was 2015. There was very limited bisexual male visibility. And so I started getting work just from that piece, being like, hey, we want to buy a voice. We want to buy a lens. Started writing for pride.com, which had just come mm-hmm. out, which is the advocate and out magazine sister site. In essence, it yeah. was an LGBTQ buzzfeed. So I got my start writing gay listicles. Uh, 10 ways to become a power bottom 15 ways guest awoke woke your sexual awakening 10 <laughs> to date a guy with tattoos like ridiculous you know a lot of gifts short content clickable stuff and then kind of from that I just was able to kind of do that while at work at the hospital at, at the lab so like I was able to kind of do both for about a year and a half. And I started pitching out to other places from Pride. I was able to write for The Advocate, which is a bigger, obviously, LGBTQ magazine, and then out. And then I started pitching to other small places. So it was just me pitching and slowly working my way up um, and just, you know, building your brand. And really, I leaned into being the bi guy. And that was like, so if you ever need a bisexual guy to write something, it's you'd come to me. And I just wrote like an op-ed for the New York Times for Pride last year. And it was about yeah. bisexuality and the need to uh, uh, essentially come out as bi, even though if you're a, like a cis woman in a relationship with a man and you feel like, oh, I don't deserve to be bi. I'm not part of this queer struggle. I don't experience discrimination. Be like, no, we actually want you as part of the community. It's important to come out. Mm-hmm. But they, they literally were just like, hey, we want to, we're doing a pride package. We have nothing on bisexuality. You're the guy to go to. Um, and so like, and I'm like, and they like, give us a couple pitches and they picked that one and we went with it. But so it, that was kind of the process. And then to get to men's health, um, I started initially doing a few, I gave them just a few pitches. I started writing, writing four or five articles, like the one-offs once every mm. couple of weeks. And then when they looked for like a more permal answer, someone working like two, three days a week, my editor liked working with me. Mm. Did that for about a year. And I was like, Hey, you know, I write the sex content but what, what's the idea of a sex and relationship column you guys don't have anyone at the moment like doing it yeah. and she's like that's a great idea uh and then so they gave it to me and now I've done Sex Plain it for it's got to be over a year it yeah. definitely was like maybe two oh my that's around when COVID started so about two years probably
0: uh, how- um it's an amazing moment in time to step in and provide this dialogue. It's crazy that male bisexuality has just gone undiscussed for so long. Like you really came in at this moment and 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 let this conversation have an arena.
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it was just so. It was so considering how Good. many people are bi, <laughs> like like you know, and like it's they they're more bi people than like gay men and lesbians when you look at like, yeah. the charts where it's just that and we're seeing especially as we have less homophobia less biphobia um, more people identifying as bisexual or pansexual or fluid or queer or whatever it is than ever before and it's not because you know their hormones in the milk or anything like that it, yeah. it's just because people feel more comfortable embracing it and one thing that's been so interesting is that I think this was like it might have been the first article I wrote for Sex Planet, and I thought it was so interesting is it always usually was like straight men realizing they're bi and now I'm getting more and more messages only the last two years, three years of gay men realizing they were bi, which is mm. like, you don't think about that. Wow. It's kind of like, you know, especially if you're an effeminate man who likes men and also likes women, but you've yeah. seen quote unquote super gay presenting. If you were coming up 15 years ago, you're not like, oh, I'm bi. You'd be like, no, I'm gay. And you just, again, they didn't think bisexuality was an option. And maybe these guys Mm. like, feel more comfortable in the bi community, or sorry, in the gay spaces, among gay men, they like gay culture. And now they're like, fuck, how how do I come out like as bi after being gay for 15 years? But I kind of want to explore the side of my sexuality. But i like, what my my friends might reject me for this or be so confused? How do I tell my boyfriend we're in an open relationship? But like, if I start sleeping with a woman, they'd be like, what the fuck? And it's such a different thing that I had never thought about uh, or like had never occurred to me, but I've gotten more and more of those questions in the past two years, which I find uh, fascinating.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I've always believed that sexuality and, and, understanding our sexuality for ourselves as individuals and investing in exploring what makes us tick, what makes us excited, where arousal yeah. comes from. Like, I believe that sexuality is such a huge gateway to understanding ourself. I think a lot yeah. of the world has a very delicate approach to it. It's almost like, are we afraid to see what discoveries we might make? Because it might contrast with what the world expects of us. But what, how major would you say sexuality is to the lives that we live and the happiness that we're in pursuit of? Should people be investigating their sexuality as often and, and with dedication uh, in in hopes of unlocking some kind of happiness they didn't know they could have?
1: It, it, sex is everything. And, and you yeah. know, like it, it's... And I think we're seeing this shift, especially when you look at mainstream publications, Condé Nast and her stuff, Mm. um, how we now put sex in the category of mental health, which is something we didn't do 20 years ago. So we're realizing that your emotional health, your physical health, your mental health is contingent upon your sex life. You think of how many relationships fail because sex is not working and when relationships aren't failing or how you're not getting any uh and because of that you become depressed you become Mm -hmm. angry like sex is such a huge factor that affects so many elements of our life our healthy relationships with our family with our friends with our partners everything comes down to sex um and so much of our identity isn't being sex you know being straight uh being bi being gay um (sighs) And so I think realizing and having a healthy and happy and fulfilling sex life is so important for your well-being, for your relationships with others. So it's something that if you are not feeling satisfied, and you know, many people are not, it's worth doing it. Um it it just really affects, I don't think people understand how much it really affects every single aspect of your life.
0: Yeah. For people that are on the the outskirts of sex positivity that maybe don't have any connection to folks yeah. like ourselves. How do you advise they start the journey? How do you quiet the world around you and try to tap in with your own sexual satisfaction and understand your own sexual identity? How does that work begin to be done?
1: I mean, it's I, I want to go beyond like get in therapy and read books, right? Because, right. Because y- yes, definitely do those things. There's a lot of good literature out there, but like. I think a lot of it is first seeing, figuring out what you want. I I really think what like in terms of sex, like knowing what you want and knowing how to ask for it are Mm -hmm. are just so huge. And so if you don't know what you want, but you know, you feel unsatisfied, then it's sometimes then it takes time to explore. Whether you can explore by yourself at first You know, that means maybe you're using sex toys, trying different things on your actual body, playing with certain body parts. You can also explore through porn and watching various- I, I agree.
0: Yes, well, I agree. Like, you know,
1: seeing what fantasies, okay, maybe I am sexually fluid. Uh, you don't have to necessarily go out and suck a dick immediately. Let's start by watching some gay porn. I mean, you can suck a dick and I'll, I'll tell you where to follow me on Twitter after. But like, <laughs> it's, it's um yeah, you know, like, so use porn to explore those things, there are also these great checklists of like, yes, maybe interested of like like kinks you did not know existed, Mm -hmm. and being able to try that, filling that out, and then you share it with your partner, seeing where you have overlap, and then being able to try that. but I think, you know, sometimes it's easier to kind of do these things by yourself, explore watching porn, exploring sex toys, whatever, but even playing with your nipples, lightly choking yeah. yourself, prostate play. It, it, there's so much you can do alone. Um, and then, uh, you know, having these conversations with partners in a way that, I mean, it's always, it's always nerve wracking, right? It's always mm-hmm. like, oh, what if they think I'm a freak? What if they think it's weird? Uh, what if they think I'm weird and different? And so many of the questions I get as uh, an expert, you know, as the writing the column at Men's Health, the underlying question is, "Am I normal?" Of course, uh, oh. it's always just like, "Hey, uh, is this?" And the answer is, everything is fine. Everything's not normal, but everything is normal. Like, like, right. and, 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 like, yes, you're always in. Like, there is no normal, so everything is normal. But one thing that's so important is like, I think, in the context of when they describe normal, is prevalence. How common mm. is this among other people? And I'm like hey, I just did a quick Google search for um, being aroused to by mud and dirt. And yeah, it turns out there were uh, 350,000 videos on that, which means it's clearly a huge market, which yeah. means there's literally millions of other people with you. I think if people realized that literally there are thousands, if not millions of people who have the same kinks, fetishes, desires as they do, they would feel less alone. They would feel mm-hmm. you know less ashamed. But... I think it's you know taking the risk and having these conversations with partners, and you know you don't start by being like, hey, I want you to gag on my dick so hard that you puke. Like, no, you, you know, you lead you lead into it here. You know what I mean? Being like, hey, you know, as reading these articles and whatever it was, I heard this podcast, yeah, and I was interested in trying some new things sexually potentially, and there are things I didn't even know existed. Is there anything that you would like have them share? Say no, and then you start soft, hey maybe we would try some spanking,
0: you know? Right. And it's,
1: I think also a lot of it, when you have these conversations and it's a shame, but like, say so confidently when you say, Hey, I'm not sure I'm embarrassed. I'm confused. If you, if almost you give off that you are ashamed of this, then they will pity you. Like, right. but when you say so confidently, um, they'll be like, Oh, Okay. Okay. That's what they want. Let's do it. Be like, Oh, I'm really embarrassed by this. I'm ashamed. Like it, it, they're going to pick up on that. So it's almost like a fake it as you say it, even if you're not mm-hmm. confident, it's mm-hmm. like, Hey, this is something, I think it'd be really fun. Something I'm into, but yeah, if you're not ashamed, people won't treat you as if you should be ashamed in a weird totally,
0: sense. Totally. Totally. No. And, and yeah. no one, people don't feel attraction towards an uncertain individual you know what i mean like it, it goes yeah. back to that whole power of attraction thing and the idea that if you're kind of uncertain unsure and on unstable ground with something that you're asking someone else to participate in it's likely that they're not going to want to proceed just based on the it, fact that your approach is this uncertain i'm not saying you
1: you have to know everything i'm not saying you have to be overly confident but what i'm saying is don't be ashamed and ask right. for what you want. Like, But again, right. I don't want to be like, oh, like, yes, of course you're figuring it out. You are uncertain and that's fine, but just say so with a little bit more, hey, I'm not sure if I'm actually, this something I want to do, but I'm interested in trying X, Y, Z. And just saying right. so confidently, I think is huge.
0: Uh, governing for yourself, you know, representing yeah. for yourself and being being there for yourself. It's, it's true. It really is. You know what's so crazy, Zach, is that, um, when I when I first met you I I knew you as this wild flamboyant party boy and I kept asking myself <laughs> The fuck is all this genius based in you know I'm seeing I'm seeing the name Zachary Zane praised to the to you know and so I start looking at your work I start reading your work, but I still know you as this incredible party boy and the times that you and I have met in person we're usually at a fucking wild party and so it's just so fascinating to get this opportunity and and in in a weird way, I was asking myself for so long how does he get taken seriously? It, how look, does that's... he get taken seriously?
1: That's an issue. That That is yeah. actually an issue that I do have. Um, I think what people don't realize is like, let's say I go to w- one crazy sex party a week and mm. write about it. And that's more than most people. It's for a month. That gives me plenty of content to write about for the month. The other six days a week, I am smoking weed and watching mm-hmm. anime. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's what I do in the night. I am chilling. I'm at home. I'm writing. I have to read a shit ton for my job. So I'm always reading every new literature, every new book. I'm at home reading, I'm watching TV, and I write a shot, I write 60 hours a week, you know, I'm at my desk, and I work out five days, like, my life is busy and jam-packed, but I don't share, like, on social media, like, oh yeah, like, I wrote 12 hours today, and I'm jacking off smoking weed and doing (laughs) nothing, Uh, it was so... Uh, interesting. And, you know, I try to use that to my advantage. You know, people underestimate you and think you're just a party boy. I don't need to correct them. I don't need to flaunt what it is that I do. Let them think that and let them underestimate me. But it's definitely, well, I never lie on social media and I like, but I am a caricature of myself. There's Mm -hmm. no question about it. I am a persona and I don't share the boring aspects of my life because there's nothing to share there. But I have often run into the issue of people thinking I was this party boy and then they get to know me and they're like, Whoa, there's, there's a lot of depth here. And that, that's honestly what happened with my sister in law. And she's wow. like a power, uh, like COO tech in Silicon Valley. And, uh, uh, like we met, like initially going to Burning Man. So I was, you know,
0: <laughs> absolutely having
1: a party and it was a blast. But when I stayed with uh, her and my brother, like getting to know it for the week and she sees like I wake up earlier than she does and I'm yeah. on calls yelling at people the way that she does too and I'm at my desk writing from eight thirty to 6 30 Monday through uh, mo- uh, Sunday through Friday you know it's uh she was like wow it was just nice kind of seeing you yeah, be actually you, seeing you work, but it's something, right. I'm, I, you get the, I'm sure you have the same issue, right? All,
0: all the time, all the time, but uh, here, here's uh, the thing though, but here's the thing, is that when you are looking to share or lead discussions around sex and sexuality, you have to have access to that playful side of your life, because that's when you have the confident, the, the, the you know, the, the good experiences. You can't go into it like a fucking, you know, clinical professor philosopher that never interacts with it. You have to interact with the subject matter that you're looking to share and to speak on.
1: Yeah, like, you know, when people, I always rather be writing about the community as someone who's in the community, as opposed to writing the community as someone from this, who's external and like, you know, treating everyone like essentially they're caged animals, looking for bad friends. And
0: also life is more fun. I get to fuck everyone all the time. It's awesome. (laughs) Like, this shit's great. Right. No, I I believe in yeah. it. I think that it makes the balance. Okay. Yeah. This is this is my last one for you. Being the expert, the sex expert that you are, and having yeah. all of this rich, delicious experience when it comes to sexual uh, nature of of our lives as humans. What is still a mystery to you about sex? What still fascinates you about sex? What are you still looking for the truth on about sex? <laughs> I, I think. I don't know if I'm necessarily looking for the truth, but I am fascinated by
1: the fact of how I will learn I have a new kink every month yeah. and a half. I, yeah. I, I, you think that like, oh, there is nothing more that exists. Yeah. Uh, there is no like, I, this is what I do. This is what I study. This is what I read. This is what I talk about. And I'll learn of like n- new kinks and ways that I'd never heard of before. And I just, It makes me so happy because one, that means there's always more content. There's always more to Mm -hmm. learn. There's always more newness. Otherwise my job would be very boring if I thought I understood everything. But also loving how seeing how I'm not just interested but seeing how my personal kinks and desires evolve and change over time. I I love that journey. It keeps things exciting. It keeps things interesting. I think other people are a little bit worried by it. They like the stability (laughs) of knowing what they like Versus, I'm like, okay, I like, I like the novelty of it. I like the fact right. that my body is changing, and I'm liking new things, uh, things I didn't even know existed two months ago.
0: Arousal shouldn't be stagnant in exactly. life, you know. I think why would you limit yourself like that? Sometimes I just, I'll reflect on my own porn search history, and I go, wow wow there was like that period you were really into milking machines and then remember when you went down that really interesting path of like uh uh, latex rubber and plastic wrap remember when you went like i i will go i will go through that fun little hit list of all the searches that i've enjoyed um and my goodness that's not even the crazier ones you know but i i i love that like i love that i love i love I love the journey of just finding what triggers arousal. And sometimes I'll get really in my head about it and be like, what does it mean that that's what excited me at that time? What was I doing at that time? Who was I at that time? And that in itself can just be such a fun meditation. So I I implore everyone, take some time, you know, take some time to to question this for yourself.
1: And it's like, and sometimes it's like, That used to be a source of anxiety earlier, being like, oh, I like this discussion, sick stuff. Does that mean? And usually it's not that deep. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and that's what I've learned. It's just like, oh, I like the power differential. And this is a way that's expressed it in a very intense setting. But that's all it is. I like the taboo nature of it. It doesn't speak to really anything else beyond that. So, uh, like, th- there's the balance of yes, psychoanalyze yourself. It's yeah, always I know. fun. It's always good. Like, oh, this is some weird shit. What's going on in my brain right here? But if it becomes a source of anxiety, just be like, it's probably not that deep. You know what I mean? It's probably right. just some fun right. stuff and some fantasy. And as, as All like self- different things.
0: As a self-proclaimed egomaniac, this is my yeah. kind of pastime. I'm like, Thank why is God. I into that? Right? I'm like, I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, you are a thrill. Thank you so much for joining us today. And yeah. can you please uh, give us any special announcements, any upcoming projects, any oh any news that you want to share with people? And of course, how to get in touch with you.
1: Yes. So best way to get in touch with me is like Instagram, Twitter, or my website. You can email me, but it's Zachary Zane. And there's an underscore at the end because some punk has Zachary Zane and it's very frustrating. Um, That's the way to do it. Uh, Some exciting stuff. So I co-authored the men's health book, uh, Best Sex Ever. Mm. Um, And it's really about how to, you know, there's no such like best sex ever for everyone is different, but it's about how to be shameless how to unlearn some of the bullshit society's taught you about sex and relationships um and that's coming out in june my memoir manifesto is coming out next year it was originally going to be called boy slut but now we have to change the title which i'm very disappointed about um so that's that uh besides that like the one thing so i brand wrap and i'm the sex expert for ps condoms and i just want to do a little plug for them because Obviously, no one fucking likes condoms. Uh, it's the worst. And, I, 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 and my condom use is subpar uh, would be would be the way to do it, especially since I started prep and it's completely subpar. But at some point, I do get tired of getting gonorrhea and chlamydia, at which point I have started uh, recently <laughs> being better and wrapping it up. And these are just the best condoms because they don't have that weird condomy smell, which I don't mm. like because uh, it's like a vegan condom. They have that thin nothing there. As far as condoms go, again, no one likes them, but I also don't like gonorrhea. So I've started using these. And uh, honestly, as far as like new condoms go, we always think of Trojan, we think of skin. Like these in my opinion are the best one on the market, which is why when they sent them to me, I'm like, hey, I want to rep you because I believe in you and please give me money. And they did. So it it was a win-win for all of us. So if you are using condoms, PS condoms, and then besides that, buy my books, follow me on social. And oh, I have a newsletter. Uh, slash zine called Boy Slots it's literally uh, non-fiction erotica so it's a lot of my personal sex stories but I have other people writing in you can submit I pay people 150 bucks an article and it's all real erotica that mm. is extends beyond just it being sexy it's usually something that speaks to something larger about society something you learned about yourself so there's a little bit of a depth there too so uh voiceless z and you can google that and wow that was a shit ton of plugs so thank you i love
0: it i love all it i love doing all the things plugs. Yeah, i love all the th- plugs Heyo. Heyo. <laughs> thank you so much for spending thank time you. with us you're such a fascinating individual and thank i know you. everyone watching and listening is is madly in love and sitting in a puddle uh, of drool right now as they should so. be I as think they should be well everyone uh um make sure that you stay up to date with the adventures of zachary zane and make sure zachary zane that you get your ass back to new york real soon i know some fun to be had yeah, absolutely all right all right wishing everyone a magical journey please like favorite and subscribe to this channel wherever you're watching or listening from i'm laura desiree this has been licked and loaded a cam4 podcast we'll see you next time <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs> This has been a CAM4 radio production. Come say hi at www.camforradio.com.